What's going on? You, you are now live on the Talk My Credo podcast. <laughs> What's going on, man? Well, Craig Mack is right here. I don't what know up, you boy? You hear him? Oh, yeah, yeah. I am. What up with you now? <laughs> I, I've been working, brother. All right, all right. And, and Big E, you know, your, your son, he's late as always. But yeah, like he, he told me so I just shot him the link, so we just waiting on him to hop on up in here. But but yeah, okay, man. Okay, okay. Special what, guest what, up what in the what building. Y'all, what y'all, what y'all on today? Um, you know, the crazy stuff that's going on in the world. Um, you know, yeah. these uh mass shootings and a uh, so-called race war with black and Asians, and you know all that good stuff. There's yeah. a race war with black versus Asian. Yeah, this. Well, uh, apparently that's what the media is trying to set up. You know, this uh, Asian stuff, these Asian crimes that's going on, crimes against Asians, and they're trying to say that it's the black community that's launching these attacks on, on the Asian community. One in so, a white dude that just shut up all the Asian women. It, it was, but they're, but they're saying that, well, that's just this one time. Oh, okay. But if you go and check, you know, past crimes, it's always been black people. And we're like, no, nope, that's, that's bullshit. No, so, yeah. so. Yeah, I actually think it stemmed from, it stemmed from Craig's old president, um, Donald, when he <laughs> called it the Kung Flu and called it the Chinese thing. So, you know, I think yeah. they really put a lot of, a lot wow. of hey, let's let's fix that first of all. <laughs> <laughs> you say he we got, need to make. He ain't got nothing to do with me, brother. No, no, no. He said no, that's a negative. That's can, a negative. I can say it in Spanish. No, I can say it in German. <laughs> nine. <laughs> Whatever you want me to say, then that's a no. Oh man! But yeah, that's what that's what's going on. And and then we got another mass shooting up in Colorado. Yeah. Um, at the supermarket, dude yeah. just walked into a supermarket and just opened fire on people. Um, and you know, I had a thought. You know, since you know they're saying everything is going back to normal, I, I would like to agree. You know, mass shootings are back on the rise again, and uh. Yeah, think America's going back to normal. <laughs> so, so, all I'm going to say is for those, exercise your Second Amendment right, because I'm definitely am way more interested in making sure that I and my family is safe. So, all them classes that he's been trying to get us into, uh, I'm definitely a bit more motivated at getting them now, especially now. You know, Joe Biden's answer is, "Well, take the guns away," and it's like. Nah, I want my guns. So I'm gonna go get my guns before Joe Biden decides to take them away. Well, he's not saying take the guns. He, what, what? He's he's putting the emphasis on. Uh huh. Go ahead, Craig. He's putting the emphasis on 
people with mental illnesses, because we're fighting so hard to give everybody guns, we're not mm-hmm. doing anything to limit guns in the wrong hands. In the wrong hands. True. This is true. Um, I mean, he's been saying but, that for 20 years, though, in the Senate. Yeah. But, of course, you know, on the other side of that table, you know, they're, they're playing the game that is doomsday. Oh, the government's going to take all of your guns. You won't have any way to defend yourself. Yeah. And, um, but even still, uh, I know that they are talking about putting some regulations and stuff on guns and stuff. Now, uh, the type of guns, assault rifles and, and more extensive checks, because they mentioned the dude got the gun, uh, when he shot up the supermarket. No, 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 no. The dude that shot up the, killed the Asian people, uh, they say he bought a gun and they did the check and he had his gun and was out the door within like two minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, Experience. So, yeah. So uh, there was like, well, they want to slow that down just a little bit uh, or a lot of bit. But even still, it was like he went and got a gun, walked out in like five minutes where he chose his gun, paid for it, did the background check, and he was out. And that's the way I look at it too. It's like it's, it's not even it's not even that. It's not it's, about even getting clear. Like all it is is a national background check. So if you yeah. if you haven't lived in 49 other states, it's gonna come back very quickly. Uh-huh. That's true. Uh, but just like like Philip said at the at the end of the day, you know, these gun stores and stuff, it's a business. So, you know, we, we run this this simple background check. And if there's just no crazy thing that's popping up, then ah, right, you good to go. Your money's good with me, uh, unless you're wearing a Black Lives Matter mask, and then they'll kick you out the store. Oh, but yeah. <laughs> because that's that's a hate group. Yeah, that's that's a hate group right there. So now nah, you you won't sell guns to that. Um, but yeah, the crazy you said it because they're not even you know you talking about a hate crime. They're not even But even then, he 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 drove across two counties to do that. So he two drove. Counties, yep. Yep. Apparently, you know, th- these were his favorite places to go, and apparently, his favorite girls weren't there at the time. So, as that Ooh. sheriff said, he just had a really bad day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, oh, so now we want to talk about mental illness, right? Uh yeah. <laughs> See, yeah. I now it's on the table touche. now, right? Touche, Craig. Touche. You you're all right. I I've thought about that. I thought about that at all. Like seriously, I was like, "No, Craig talked about some mental illness, but, um, but yeah, they they say he was just having a really bad day." <laughs> now, now what you and Eric say that don't matter, right? He still got to be held accountable for his actions. Oh hell yeah! In, in my opinion, in my opinion, I, I'm still ten toes down on my opinion. Uh, yeah. So we last last week we were talking about uh the black dude that shot up his family. 
uh, over a stimulus check. And so me and Eric, so yeah, so me, me and Eric had the, the stance of, um, he was stupid. He was stupid. He felt his, you know, he wanted to be, you know, he was about that life, pride, ego and all that type of thing. So he just decided to, to shoot everything up. Um, we said he was stupid. Craig was like, nah, you know, you, there's some mental health issues going on in there. And it was, and was like, shut up, Craig. You don't know what you're talking about. And, um, uh, and then uh you shoot up the Asians. Oh, he just had a bag. Yeah, yeah. When you shoot up the Asian community, um, you see, all right. Wifey says hello. Um but uh yeah, I forgot what I was talking about. She just distracted me all the way through. But she likes to do that. I I, I start broadcasting and she like yeah, you know, she slides into the room and starts twerking and stuff like that. So, you know, it's just <laughs> damn, mine just come in and chew me out. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get that. <laughs> yeah, he just coming in. I mean, but, uh, hey, but let me ask you a question. What's up? Chris, you being in the position you are, you know, being, being a veteran and talking about mental health, um, well, I'm just saying bring a light to it. Like when somebody has a quote unquote bad day, we can still hold them accountable. What I'm saying is when we talk about background checks and mental health, like, I think we need more preventive measures, more government help with like counseling and AA and things of that nature. Like, you know, we talked about drugs, you know, in the eighties, if you were doing drugs or selling drugs, you were just a, they considered you an an animal. That was the term they use a, a violent criminal like animal. And then now all of a sudden people are using meth. They see it as an illness. No, now we need to treat it instead of punish it. Right. So I'm just saying, I'm just saying there's a there's a spectrum that we need to be going by, just not to circumvent crime. Crime is still crime. What I'm saying is we always be confused, like, oh, we don't know. He's such a good person. All of a sudden he just he just snapped. But no, he didn't just snap. There was there was there were alarms, there was markers, people knew about it. I mean, just like the Columbine shooting. Everybody know that kid in high school that everybody got got picked on, right? And we mm-hmm. all be like, we all we used to play like, oh, that's the yeah. dude that's gonna shoot the school up. Well, these yeah. days, that's the dude that, that will the shoot school the school up. up. <laughs> so like, like we could have done something about it. And it's like, I'm always more like, I don't want to be reactive. I want to be proactive. And I just think that's what the government needs to do. I'm not saying they need to stop the flow of guns. I'm just saying let's be if if people are going to have weapons, let's do it just like we do anything else. Let's put responsibility. If you're, you know, if you're in a car and the car malfunction and kills somebody, you can sue the car company, right? Right. But if the gun shoot up ten people, you know, it's not the gun. It's not the gun manufacturer's fault, even though they made a deadly weapon, because the mm-hmm. weapon did what it was designed to do. Well, why can't we put blame? Where blame go? Yeah. I mean, think about it. The gun owner. He sold the gun. He had no problem with it. Why can't he not take responsibility? Yeah. That's all I'm, I'm saying. Anybody else to sell a product, they're responsible for the product. If you have a can of food, right, 
and they find worms or they find screws in it and it poisons and kills somebody, they're liable. But the gun company is hands off. Yeah, this is true. This is true. I, I, I and that's the part I agree with. Huh? Go ahead, Pete. Me personally, being 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 uh being behind the fence, you get to see a lot of people with mental issues. But I also can recognize the fact that just like they do background checks, they got ways to test you to see if you got mental issues. And it's as quick as a fifty question survey. And those surveys are still to figure out if something is wrong with you. Right. You know what I'm saying? Something like that. And yet they do these they do these tests back here. And that's how some people get put on meds. That's how some people gotta um, go see the psychologist. They gotta go see mental health. They gotta go on there. Because sometimes out of them 50 questions, 40 of them might be the same exact question. <laughs> Seriously? You know what I'm saying? They just they just word it differently. Yeah, 40 of them might be the same question, but word it differently. And if you answer it wrong, they can figure out if you stable minded or not. Oh. Uh, you know okay. So well, j- just just a quick j- just a quick announcement. Uh, your son is is officially in the chat, and um, he he is here now. Big E Shabazz is in the building. What's, What's going, going on, on, my brother? The Magic Man. <laughs> <laughs> now you see him. Now you know. Now you know. Damn it. Now you know. What's going on? <laughs> so. So, but yeah, man, like I, I would imagine they would being there. But then I, I also agree with Craig, where it's like, you know, you, you, you have to have some sort of accountability because it can't just be, well, you know, the, the same talking points to where it basically protects the the people who are selling these things or putting them out on the street to where a guy can literally walk in get one and be out the door in three four minutes um but just knowing how america does how they just like knee jerk with everything yeah i I, i'm definitely am going out and and i'm getting me a few as soon as i as soon as possible so but that's it man but hey the 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 next thirty seconds is yours, my friend. So go ahead and talk your shit. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Well, 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 you know, I I miss you guys. You know what I mean? And I, I love y'all. You know, being able to chop it up, and you know, I I'm praying for y'all daily. And I know that I know the world ain't where it needs to be, but we are that change. We can be that change. We gotta make it better for our children. And being in a position to to really have a voice, I want y'all to continue to use y'all voice. And I may not be there right now, but soon after we 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 gonna set the city up. Craig, DG, I love y'all. Stay plus, stay blessed. And um, and I chime in next time. All right, then, bro. Love, love you, bro. You too. Love you too. Yeah, I'll be blessed. All right, bro. All right, now. Big E right. Shabazz. Big E Shabazz. I, right. I, came, I came in on hot topic, I guess. Yeah. Well, hold on one second. Well, it, it was uh. Got a little bit on the um, what was going on in, in the Asian community, but um, mm. uh, but you know, our special guest for the night wanted to share his thoughts. You see, where about you see, where about and trying to push for the U.S. government to push that law that they could just come in and take your guns. Uh, yeah, I mean, we, we were just talking about that. He's not trying to take your gun. He, he here, here's what happens. He, this is this is what happened. This is what 
this happens with every politician, right? Mm-hmm. Something critical happens, and they feel like this is an opportunity to reach their base and to bring people in. Mm-hmm. But it's always just talk because there's no law that's going to pass that the Democrats and the Republicans are going to agree upon that yeah. is going to involve taking your gun. So like this is one mm-hmm. of the, this is like if the Republicans were doing something like this. Take abortion, for instance. They can't yeah. pass abortion, but they talk about it all the time. All the time. Even though they can't beat the Supreme Court. So this is the this is the crutch that the Democrats have because every time there's a mass shooting, those young middle age or middle income families, they want something to be done because they worry. So right. he gotta he gotta come up here and talk that talk. But he's not going to propose any bill. He can't even get minimum wage to fifteen dollars an hour. <laughs> How are you going to contest the Second Amendment? Yeah, you see, I'm saying just, just I know what you, I know what you're hearing, but it's not always about what they say; it's about what they do, and it's also about what they can do. And the most powerful man in the world can't change the Second Amendment, right? But in and as you said, there there is a lot of talk. So I, I know exactly what he is talking about. And uh, before yeah. we go even in any further in this, because we just kind of hit record and we just got right into it. So yeah, we we need some introductions. <laughs> we are, so we just <laughs> let me. We're gonna go ahead and officially set the intro. So sure, yeah. Welcome. What's up, everybody? <laughs> for those that just jump right in i'm not even going to edit it out we're going to just start right up in this but welcome to another episode of the talk my credo podcast i don't I'm even know how to edit it. listen well, <laughs> look <I'm, laughs> that's all good listen this is episode 21 21 so we just run skunk on y'all my brother's from another <laughs> is in the building Craig Mack, what it is? Salute, Big Isha Baz, the Magic yes, Man. <laughs> I swear we got a new nickname man. for you, baby. <laughs> That's it, Big Isha Baz, the Magic Man. That's it. Tell, hey, tell a- the Magic Man downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good to have y'all. And uh, I'm not quite sure. Could y'all hear uh, Philip on the phone? Yeah. It was like he was on the phone. Yeah, we can hear Okay. Him. All right, cool. Because I, I I was trying to look up some ways, but honestly, I'm not even going to lie. I was a bit behind the eight ball because I got to playing some video games. Uh, I, I was playing Final Fantasy Tactics, the, the old classic game. <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit, it's it's 750. I was like, I just told Raffi to send me the link to the email. Then I looked up my clock said 7 o'clock. I was like, damn. <laughs> then I was at my phone. I was like, "Man, it's eight o'clock. We supposed yeah. to be on the podcast." <laughs> yeah, I shot the link. Like, I I got when you shot the text. Like, yo, shoot the link, and I was like, "Shoot the link." I was like, "Shit, we got ten minutes." You know, yeah. <laughs> I was like, "So th- th- there is there was a way to where I could have connected it, but I didn't have everything in order, so I apologize for that." And for those who are listening, yeah, we're just all over the place, but it's all good. Thank y'all for checking us out. And uh, what we started talking about, uh, we was talking about these uh, crimes and and these crazy ass acts that's going on against the Asian community right now. Um, more specifically, culminated with the mass shooting of a a guy that drove across two counties, 
stopped at three Asian massage parlors, killed uh, six Asian women uh, along with two white guys. Was it white guys? Um, and I am saying their race for, for a purpose here because now there is a narrative that's going on. Of course, the response is, you know, stop Asian hate. That's what you see uh, all on your social media and things of that nature. Different people coming out, standing up and standing in solidarity with the Asian community. And um, and we just got to talking about it. You know, our, our good friend, our other brother, Philip, was uh, wanted to chime in and uh, give his thoughts and stuff with the time that he had. And um, so, yeah, so just kind of going over, what are y'all initial thoughts as far as, one, the way, I don't want to say the media, but just for the most part, the way the media is kind of taking care of how they're viewing these uh, recent attacks and they're saying uh, where the start of it, which is facts where just the start of it uh, came from Donald Trump and the way he was kind of mocking the coronavirus. He was calling it Kung flu and the China virus and you know, all of these things. And since then, you know, there were attacks against Asians and discriminations against Asians that started to rise and started to spike right after uh, Donald Trump started to to mock it in that manner. So um, do you guys think that this is a culmination of what he has done or do you think it's something else and that's something else we're going to get into after this? What do you guys think? Well, I'm going to take the lead on this one because uh-huh. uh, I was sort of this is sort of something I wanted to talk about because we were on this topic last week. And uh, mm-hmm. I think Craig mentioned mental health. Yep. Here, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> well, you see, Craig, I sat there and said, and you know what I'm saying? I hate to be the person. It seems like I need to stop saying shit because I speak it into existence. <laughs> but uh, I said, listen, this nigga ain't going to get the chance to say he was mentally ill. Mm-hmm. They going to say he was dumb. He's stupid. And it just so happens, this guy, you know, he was having a bad day. Yep. He had a bad day, so he went and shot and killed eight Asians mm-hmm. because he couldn't get a massage. You know, so my question yeah. is like, when are you, like they're not even they don't even care to hide it no more. They're like, you know, they the media used to hide it. They used to try to play the word game, but now they don't even care. Like they're literally putting this shit in our face every freaking day. And it's like you can see clearly what they're trying to do. They're definitely trying to divide the masses. I mean, you have race riots going on in San Francisco where they're just going around beating up Asian people. You know what I'm saying? Like, of course, Donald Trump gaslighted this, period. Like, his whole four years in office, again, do I think Donald Trump is racist? No. But I think his foundation of people that vote for Donald Trump is racist. And like any good politician, you're going to play to your base. Mm -hmm. And so instead of him saying what he needed to say, he played to his base. And his base is a bunch of, let's face it, not all, but the majority of his base are racist Southern whites. Mm -hmm. So what you see now is, yes, a cumulation of, well, if we just if this flu, if China would have did what they needed to do, the coronavirus wouldn't be over here. So it's the yep. instead of calling it the coronavirus, well, it's the kung flu. Now you got old white men. When I, I mean, I'm right. I'm gonna get tires, and the guy was like, 
you know, I wish this damn China flu would leave. And I'm mm-hmm. like, well, oh, so, <laughs> you know, it's, I mean, come on, Craig. It's, it's nothing like your point yesterday. I hate to get on you, buddy. You know, it seems like I whoop your ass every time. <laughs> <laughs> But, this shit know, got real personal real fast. But I'm just saying, man, it's like it's like I said last week. African Americans don't get the chance to be mentally ill. We don't get the chance to have a bad day. That guy that killed his baby mama over $1,400, he could have been having a bad day. He could have been broke. He went and asked his baby mama to borrow some money, and she said no, so he killed him. You see what I'm saying? But is that what the media is going to say? No. Well, I do. I agree with you on many points, and I, I'm not disagreeing. I, I'm not saying that I have a different point of view. I'm just saying, if 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 we're going to judge one crime that's clearly based on mental illness, then we should drive judge other crimes based on mental. Illness. I I see the disparity. I don't disagree with you, but that's why I was like, well, if this would have been a white man that did this, we would be talking about mental. Illness. We would be saying he had a bad day. So. I agree. The example that we had last week, yeah, we, we we see it that way because that's the way it's interpreted and that's the way it's treated. I'm just saying it shouldn't be. If we're going to do for one, we should do for another. That was my whole point of view. But the thing Which is, is true. though, Craig, like, the majority of people, like, it, the media knows that, I think, to me, I've always said it's all a game. Everybody's tied in with it every way. We just at the bottom don't know what's been going on at the top. But the media knows there's the race relations in America are bad. So, you know, wait, let me let me let me. I don't think the race relations are bad. I think the the narrative, the narrative is bad. And let me give you a prime example. There's this people that go around and they take the King James Bible and they cover it with the Quran. Right. They show you the Quran and then they read passages out of the King James Bible, but the people perceive it as the Quran. And I don't know the scriptures, but it's something like you, you may kill this person in the event of this happened and this. And it sounds very Islamic like, but it's Christian in origin. And the people mm-hmm. automatically say, yeah, that's wrong. I would never do that. And then they take the cover off. You know what the people are? Mm-hmm. They're in shock because they can't fathom how the religion that they're following could say these things word for word in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Because the narrative is these people, their religion, their ideology, their culture is different from ours. And therefore, because it's different, it is wrong. And we have to perpetuate this narrative. The same thing applies with race. Race is not about dividing people by color it's about money it is always rooted in money if we can make these people seem like the enemy then our people can find a way to make money and we can work together to stop them from becoming equally economically strong as we are so with that said speaking on that narrative in regards to well let me just say i def i I agree with both of y'all because even right before you jumped in e Craig said the same thing. Now, with, with the guy that shot up his family over a stimulus check, we said he was stupid. But, you know, he, but as you say, he didn't get the chance to have his mental his mental health evaluated. But as soon as this dude shot up, you know, Asian partly, these Asians, 
uh, because he basically he didn't get his happy ending like he wanted to. Uh, he created his own happy ending, and that's not to speak light or to mock the deaths of it. But the narrative now that's being spent all throughout media is the call for that. There's two things that I'm seeing. There's a call on the black community to step up and show the Asian community the way, you know, how, and there's just all these articles and, and videos and presentations about how black people can be stronger allies to the Asian community. And then I I look at that. And then of course, now you see the white conservative and parts of the Asian community come and say, well, yeah, this white guy shot up these Asians and killed these Asians, but it's the black community that's leading the charge of all these Asian attacks. And so they bring up, you know, a, a few videos here of, you know, a black man attacking an Asian man without context, but you see it on video and oh, look at this black person attacking this Asian person. It's the black people that's really doing it. So the narrative that I see is for some reason, once again, like always, black people are being put in the front, in the face, as the face, and they're having to take responsibility for something that has nothing to do with them. And under this guise of you, you break out a few uh, videos of some black people attacking Asians and think that, oh, it's a race war. So now they're bringing up this insinuation that there's a race war between black and in the Asian community uh, that's being perpetuated and pushed by white conservatives and by bits and, and parts of the Asian community. Uh, have you guys seen any of this, what I'm talking about? Yeah. What, what I'm, what I'm seeing is, and this is my response. Um, one y'all full of shit, <laughs> full of shit, because let's just get something clear here. One, I'm going to speak, and I'm speaking to white conservatives here because all throughout my Instagram, Twitter, because I I try to do my best to follow a good amount of people on each side just so I'll know, you know, to try to keep my ear to the street to understand what's being said over here. What's the vibe over here? Okay, I hear what y'all saying over here. What's the vibe over here? And I And then... Of course, there's a few people I follow that uh, I actually support and follow because they have a lot of sense. Um, Y'all just don't know how to not keep your foot out your mouth. You don't know how to not show your racism. Anytime a black person, I say this time and time and time again, but it continues to be proven true. For you white conservatives, anytime the black community, mainly rooted with conservative values, but you wonder why blacks will never, ever side with Republicans. The reason being is because you continue to shoot and spout racist rhetoric every single time. And no matter how much you try to hide it, it just oozes out of you. It just like... It's like popping a pimple or something. It just oozes out of y'all. And even though we're talking about the Asian community, y'all found a way to spin it and say it's black men. 
those same black men who had record numbers voting for your Donald Trump. This election, there were more black men that has voted Republican in the history of this country. But yet you still found a way to throw them under the bus. You still found a way to look at the actions of a few and say it's representative of a whole. You still found a way to throw your bigotry, your prejudice, and your absolute ignorance on a whole race of people because it speaks to your base. I don't understand why y'all keep putting y'all foots in your mouths. And it's just going to be the, those same black people who actually supported y'all, they see this. And there's a whole backlash of people that's like, I have no idea why I even gave y'all the chance. Why I even decided to look and, and thought I would vote based on my values, even though I don't understand or it's not even understand, I don't agree with what y'all do on this side of the table, then I, 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 I'm a vote based on my values and not so much of who's sitting here or who's sitting there. But the moment I do that, you remind me of why y'all ain't shit. And so coming to the Asian community who've been like, yeah, I think y'all need to first look in the mirror before you want to come at the black community and act like we have an anti-Asian agenda. True. It is well, well, well documented and known that if there is an anti-anything, there is an anti-black ideology swirling among the Asian community. It's why y'all vote Republican and conservative a lot. There is an actual cultural, spiritual ideology in the Asian community that promotes anti-blackness because y'all believe that, I don't know if y'all heard this part, but I've talked to, you know, a couple of Asians uh, in my day and we just talk, you know, culture and cultural differences. And what do you learn here? And I'll tell you what, what we learn here. And, and there was something that they told me and it, it, it still shocks me to this day. So I was told. And even if I, when I look it up, I, I, you know, able to substantiate it like, yo, this shit is true. There is a fixation on skin color in the Asian community. I, I, I spoke to learning from someone from Taiwan, from China, all throughout and far in between. There was a fixation in the ideology on skin color, meaning the lighter your skin color, the higher your ceiling is for social status within the community. They associate it. Well, they say that those who have to be in the sun a lot, you know, their skin are naturally darker, right? But they associate that with poverty. And they associate that with, you know, poor. So that's that's a low social status. So they do everything they can to stay out of the sun. So much so that they've developed over there in, in Asia, a $31 billion industry based on products that will destroy melanin because the lighter your skin, the more opportunity and privilege that you get. 
And this has been going on for God knows when. I promise. When this person told me this, I sat there with my mouth floored. Like, what the fuck? So, of course, you come over to America. Then you carry that same ideology with you. But look at that. There's also a, a structure that's set up on very similar ideals. Not so much of you work in the sun all day. It's just if you have darker skin, you are inferior. Your, your social status is lower than, than those with fairer skin. And those who have, once again, a $31 billion industry based on making your skin white. Skin bleaching. Because that, that has now creeped over into Jamaica and to some of the other islands there. Why? Because there's also a huge Asian presence there. All I'm saying is when it comes to the Asian community, I have no problem standing in solidarity against racial motivated crimes. Because, of course, yes, we're, we're very much, very much familiar with those. So I can stand in solidarity in stopping Asian hate, but I need y'all first. When you point that finger at the black community to make it seem like, hey, it's these black people that's that's doing most of these racist, racist crimes. I need y'all to look into the mirror because for every video you bring up of a black guy attacking an Asian guy or whatever the case may be, a black attacking an Asian. Yeah, I can bring up the times where y'all gang up like dogs beating up on women that come into your beauty shops. I can show y'all instances of y'all treating black people that come into your establishments like dogs. I can show y'all how y'all come into the black community lock up through group economics. I'm not saying group economics is a bad thing, but you come right into black communities and discriminate against them by selling them their own products. I can show you all of that. And then again, this ideology that goes back generations that fairer skin is better. The same ideology that ends with the same, the same conclusion as your white racist person would do in this white supremacist structure. I was told, again, talking to this person, she was like, well, when I go home, you just look up on the billboards, all the billboards that you see, different models and everything. They're white women. I say in Taiwan. Yeah. There's, you know, the, so of course they're there. They have a Western belief as far as a standard of beauty over there. So however we believe over here in the West of what beauty is, they have it over there. So that's what they, what that's what they aspire to do as well. So, all I'm saying, I'm going to go ahead and get off my little soapbox because I promise just reading this, it, it, it has me torn because it's like I stand with y'all. But the narrative that I see, this this quote unquote race war. No, no, because it's, it's stupid or trying to perpetuate and once again, make black people the scapegoat. Like we always got to be the scapegoat, the blame or the shield for something. Always. And. These accusations, no, nah, I need y'all to look in the mirror and check your own anti-blackness because we can go far as far back as Frederick Douglass, who who stood up for the Asian community when they was being discriminated against. We can stand up for black leaders back in that day who stood up and fought for Japanese American reparations when they were locked up in internment camps. That's fact. You can look that up. That's history. We fought for y'all. 
And then there is no denying that every black led civil rights movement that has been passed and going on through America, the Asian community has benefited from. So I just need y'all to check that anti-blackness that y'all got that has been going on and indoctrinated in you for generations and stop the bullshit. Yeah, we're going to stop Asian hate, but I also need y'all to stop the bullshit. The same way we're trying to get America to take accountability for that shit, I'm going to need y'all to do the same. Okay, I'm done. All right. So, so that's just it, because they just kind of pissed me off. Because like these, all I'm seeing, these dumbass white folk and these cooning-ass dudes, these cooning-ass black dudes, Talking to me, oh, it's, it's the black, it's our black culture. We're just so violent. We're just so so aggressive. Like, no, that's 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 bullshit. Shut up. Where do you think Shut we up. learned it from? Where do you think we got it from? If that is the case, I mean, think about <laughs> think about it. They don't manufacture firearms in the hood. There's no there's no chemistry businesses in the hood. Guns are imported. Drugs are imported. Mentality is imported. It's mm-hmm. not created in the hood because it's to the hood because I'm wondering just again, it, just based on a simple exploration throughout your American history for those who claim to be so patriotic that you have no clue of the history of this country that you're so loyal to, and it's fine, but I just just how do you think that we would be so quote unquote aggressive and blah 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 blah? When you stole a race of people, brought them over here, and literally stripped them of all identity, you they they couldn't keep their name. You wouldn't let them learn the language. You let them read or write, gain any type of intellectualism. Where do you think they learned that from? Where do you think they learned that violence from? Where do you think they learned that stuff? Or to the point to where even to this very day, as I speak. The black community is still a bunch of fractured pieces. And I don't even know if we can be fully whole again to where there can be a a unified front because there's just been so much, so much trauma that has not been dealt with. And to this day, y'all still want to act like nothing has happened or that we should just simply get over it. But then I I asked these people, I was like, well, if I should get over it, then, you know, should we celebrate Independence Day? That happened so long ago, you should get over it, right? I mean, should we remember 9-11? That happened, damn, to 10 years ago. Why don't we just get over it, you know? Or if they come with this idea, speaking of like reparations, it's like, well, you know, why should I be responsible for things that happened, you know, 100 years ago and with that my great, great, great grandfather did or whatever? And it's like, well, if if you're saying that you shouldn't be held responsible or you shouldn't have to be held accountable but it's not even you specifically it's just you putting yourself in the way but when it comes to these conversations you're saying well if you feel like you have to be responsible for or to be held accountable for things that was done in the past for atrocities done in the past then why do you feel like you deserve to have the benefits of the past so you walk around here free you didn't fight any in any revolutionary war i mean if you live anywhere uh west of the of louisiana um you still considered american i mean you had nothing to do with the louisiana purchase so uh, there's so should you be french right now so i'm it's like just 
all of these things. So what are you saying with these things that happened so long ago, but you still reap the benefit of, and the same thing goes for a white supremacist structure. Okay. I said, I was going to stop preaching. Okay. I'm done for real this time. All right. Y'all talk. (laughs) Y'all talk. What else we got on time? We only got about one. We only got 20 more minutes. No. So, all right. So look at this. Um, Last week, Okay. We talked about when it when it when we was talking about the stimulus stuff. Mm-hmm. We was we was saying, listen, y'all, be smart with your money. Please be smart with your money. Like you know, don't go out and buy thirty inch rims to put on your Honda. Don't don't go buy you know six new pair of Jordans. Like don't don't do that. Please don't do that. But unfortunately, <laughs> there was an article that came out. And I looked at it and I just shook my damn head. Uh, this article said, you know what? And this was from uh, Reggie Wade. He, he's a writer, but he does like, you know, a lot of business and stuff. And I'm just going to read this top part because this basically just summarizes everything that we tried to tell some people. That's why, like, we need y'all to get us out there so we can reach more people so they can stop being silly. As stimulus checks hit bank accounts, Americans are buying more sneakers and apparel according to new data from Bank of America Global Research. Athletic footwear and apparel spending jumped significantly, plus 20% over over year over year for the week ending in March 13th. It was up from, it was a 13% the week prior as stimulus payments began to hit consumer bank accounts beginning March 12th. According to that, break it down even further, 80% 80% of that 20% increase went to Foot Locker. 81%. Uh, it was an 81% increase in uh in Nike. Uh just it <laughs> and then I, I, I was going to show the pictures, but it it just you know, people lined up around the around the building mm. to what people got their stimulus money and went and bought Jordans. I, I but why? <laughs> why? Well, can, I, can I take the first crack at it? What's up, man? <laughs> so you know when they were putting the stimulus together that they had already calculated where the majority of spending would go. They 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 knew people would just spend the money. Mm-hmm. Why do you think they were so willing to give it? They couldn't figure out how much. 2100, yeah. 2400, 600, 12. They didn't argue about why. They argue over amount. And then every time it had a positive effect on the economy, they did what? They did another they one. They did it again. Yeah. Nobody, absolutely nobody, including the United States government, does anything for, for free. free. For free. Yeah. It was calculated. It was strategic. It was political. It was not to help you. They don't give a damn about you. What they care about is the economy. And if Mm -hmm. the poor man is so poor that he's not spending money, he's being conservative, he's out of a job, then that Uh means the economy slows. That means the money slows. But since we got so much of it, we're going to give y'all a little bit. Yeah, our economy. What? Going another shot in the arm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But it's a temporary solution. Yeah. 
But yeah, I'm it's like, it's loose. Well, you know, after this round, they'll probably give us one more. Yeah. Around Christmas time, and then next year, everything be back to normal. Right, because by then the the bands will be lifted, the money will yeah. get the flowing again. Money will get and the flowing. I, I think again. also along with that, I think you know everything will be normal, normal. So yeah. as far as you know, COVID restrictions and stuff like that. Um, I hate to say it, but yeah, I, I think as the economy bounces back and gets back rolling to a, a an acceptable level, so to speak, then yeah, I open up. Then, you know, they got to they gotta play the game of we can't just open it up because they'll know something's up. Yeah, I think for the most part, most people know what's up. Well, I, I think right now, yeah, uh, they're just like, ah, these just crazy conspiracy theorists, or whatever. Yeah, so, yeah. That's what I, I can see. But if they, they go ahead and say, you know what? Well, uh, you know, now that everybody's getting vaccinated, we're just gonna go ahead and open America back up. They're gonna be like, yeah. well, you know what I mean? So, yeah, they still gotta play the game. So, uh, uh I'm, I'm getting tired of these games, y'all. I'm not even gonna lie. I'm, I'm getting so tired of these games, but you know, yeah, it, we missed a whole year and a half of our lives for no reason. So it's it's just, I I just think, well, I don't know. I, if if I go down that road, then yeah, I'll be preaching for another ten minutes, and I don't want to do that. And the sad part is, a lot of people caught it anyway. It spread anyway. Yeah, yeah it spread anyway. Yeah, thank because it was a virus. You were gonna catch it regardless, like. If you were gonna get it, you were gonna get it. Mm-hmm. You, you, it's not like AIDS where you you could take practical precautions. Of it's like the flu or the coming cold. So mm-hmm. I mean, anybody could have caught it. Yeah. Even with taking precautions, people still. I mean, I know a woman who died from it, and she never left her house. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You know, so and the people that were in her house never caught COVID. So either they were just carriers yeah. and they gave it to her or, you know, it just traveled around the world and, and, and got to her. Like nobody, I don't think they, I don't think they really even know still how this, how the virus works. Because what I read, there's like a South African variant. So, mm-hmm. you know, now, and now mm-hmm. it's going to be the African flu. And so yeah. then they got another Wuhan, Wuhan virus that's stronger than that one. So you know, like I don't, I don't know, man. Do like, you think is is people playing around with possible biological warfare? Well, that of course, because AIDS was a biological weapon. If we go yeah. back and really look at how they AIDS was a biological weapon. Mm-hmm. I mean, the government. And who were the guinea pigs for that? Africans. <laughs> so I mean, so, the government has everything in the world that is an issue now or a problem. The government has implemented like opiates, LSD, stuff yeah. like that. None of this stuff became to the known to the public until the government experimented with it first to see what it does to human guinea pigs. You see mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Very like, similar it, to the uh, Tuskegee experiment. Well, if if a lot of people don't know about, if a lot of people be like, "Well, damn, that's not true," the the government wouldn't do that. Well, hopefully by now we're talking to people our age that would know the government plays these type of games. But you can look up something called MK Ultra. MK Ultra mm-hmm. was where they took World War Two up until I think it was World War Two and Vietnam veterans, 
and gave them LSD as a truth serum to see wow. how it would to see how it would affect the brain. And while these while these guys were on LSD, they they feel realized that it gave them a euphoric feeling. Mm-hmm. And so they started like these soldiers, like you know what, man, like we need this, we need this for morale. So they started giving not just those guys uh, LSD; they started giving actual soldiers in the battlefield LSD, and they became drug they became drug addicts, just like mm-hmm. the Vietnamese with heroin. They were shooting up heroin because they were like they like it was nothing else to do in Vietnam except shoot and kill people. Mm-hmm. So they was giving them something for a euphoria to give them that that sense of okay of happiness, and they were giving them opiates. So you had a bunch of African, especially blacks, coming back from the war, drug addicts. Mm-hmm. And then when it started hitting the street, guess what it was a problem then. And guess what? Then they to monetize off of it. You started having a war on drugs, and the war on drugs was happening because not because white drug dealers like the mob who were selling heroin from their French connections Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. It was a war on drugs because African American drug dealers were making millions, and they cut the mob out. Mm -hmm. They came up with their own trade routes, and they were making money. They were making millions hand over fist and so when that became a problem gerald ford and jimmy carter said you know what we got to have a war on drugs yep and that was the first time you heard about a war on drugs so if you don't think that the government plans these things or they're already implementing these things you would be a fool just like with aids a biological weapon being tested off the cape of south africa Mm -hmm. so it's it's just crazy. It it is crazy. Well, can so, I throw some yes, racial sir. history in there with the drugs and everything? Go ahead. So to even illustrate further how racial laws are when it comes to drugs, do you know that the first illegal drug in the United States was in I I want to say 1808, 1809? And do you know who the group of people they were targeting was? Blacks. No, they were targeting Asians. Ah, because you know what the Asians Uh were doing in in the eighteen hundreds? Working on the fucking railroad. They were working on the railroad. Mm -hmm. They were cheap labor. Yep. They were undercutting poor white men. Yeah. And you know what drug they would use when they got off work? They would use opium. Opium. Mm -hmm. So guess what drug they outlawed? Because they knew what group of people specifically use opium. That was your yep. first drug crime right there to attack Asian Americans. Or at that mm-hmm. time, just Asian. They may not have been American. They may have been yeah. just, just there for labor. This so, is true. So as as you start to get drug laws, it's always targeted towards a group of people. When did mm-hmm. they outlaw uh, peyote? Because what group of people uses peyote? The Native Americans. Yep. When did they outlaw marijuana? When Hispanics and Mexicans started becoming a thing in the United States, no, but that's well. Let me stop you there. That's not true. Where they, where when they outlawed, when they wanted to outlaw marijuana and made it a Schedule Two drug, was in the 1930s. Was when they found out that it made white women sleep with black men. This is fact. <laughs> this is fact. Look it up. Look it up, right, Craig. Look it up. It was called. Um, re- 
It was called Reefer Madness. And what it did, and what it did was it said that when whites smoked marijuana, it made them be loose around Negroes. And it made <laughs> white women want to sleep with Negroes. And at that time, they said, we need to outlaw this. And they became a Schedule II narcotic. I'm looking it up right now. It's, it's a lot there. Uh, it's called Reefer Madness. So, yeah, they have to they have to protect the sanctity of of the white race. <laughs> yeah. So, hey, my bad. It kicks me out when I go to the internet. Oh, you're good. Uh, no problem. Yeah, I'm, like I'm, I'm going to go ahead and send you that, that thing there. But uh, like I was saying, like, Reefer, in the 1930s, a lot of white people, like, Reefer, it was, we call it weed, but back then they called it Reefer, like smoking cigarettes. And the only people that did it were musicians. Okay. I'm going to read this. I, I'm, I'm going to read this little quote because I, I found uh, some articles about it. There was a quote by a man named Harry Ansleger. He was the commissioner commissioner of the Federal Bureau of Narca or Narcotics uh, and what they called reefer madness. So the reason they needed to uh, to outlaw this, Harry Anslinger says, reefer makes darkies think they're as good as white men. The primary reason to outlaw marijuana is its effect on the degenerate races. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the truth is cannabis was criminalized largely because one man felt it threatened a rigid racially stratified social order that kept him and his associates at the very top so once again <laughs> you see that is crazy that's the only reason why you can't enjoy a good bag of weed is because it makes darkies feel like they're superior to whites and it makes white women sleep with black men <laughs> <laughs> That's why weed is a Schedule Two narcotic, along the lines of cocaine, LSD, and morphine and Not meth. In the state of Oklahoma. Well, that's because it's become to come legalized. Like, like it's, it's like with anything, like prohibition. The only reason why prohibition happened is because, like, they couldn't really tax alcohol like that. And then America this, wanted to be quote unquote. Uh, I, I'm sorry. I just have to say because I'm just reading different quotes and stuff from this article. But yeah, th this is the guy, Harry. I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and share the screen right quick and just show this article. Um, and this is, you know, of course, for those that's listening, look into it. Like, don't just take our word for it. Look into it and and read it for yourself. So, th this is the guy. Harry as a commissioner of uh, he's basically the one that spearheaded this belief that uh, one is is the Spanish and black people's fault. Uh, there's one particular thing here uh, <laughs> where he basically said that cannabis uh, came into America by way of colors with big lips or murdering Mexicans. <laughs> hey, but. As you read and, this was, and this was 1930. Now, Understood. but as you read that, and that's 1930, 
What are they saying about Mexicans in 2021? Mm-hmm. We can't let these immigrants over here because they bring drugs and they rape our women. Yep. <laughs> That's what they're saying in 2021. You ask anybody, why don't you want Mexicans over here? I mean, what's wrong? Like with the shit that's going on at the border do you not have a heart do you not like seeing women and children in cages well you know you don't know what you're getting when you let them in here because they're bringing drugs and they're going to rape our women and they're going to take our jobs listen look at this uh harry Enslinger. this was that dude man i swear to god uh he even blamed jazz music he said colors with big lips lure white women with jazz and marijuana <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. That's true. Biggie, you, you was, that's true. Oh, because jazz at the time. Your man's the magic man, man. You, you are a troll of knowledge, man. I swear. <laughs> I didn't it's know like, this. And it's like, and it's like, well, because you got to understand, jazz at that time is what rap is today. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. every t- every every music yeah. industry in America has been started. By African Americans. That's uh-huh. another fact. Fact. Every musical tradition that we have in America was started by African Americans, and the greatest entertainers have always the only the only genre of music that was not started by African Americans was country. And some do say that country is a variation of jazz. Of jazz. Mm-hmm. And blues. Mm-hmm. It's just a white version of jazz and blues. I gotta disagree. I'm pretty sure. I, th- I thought black we culture actually had something. Country. Yeah, I thought they started. We started country too. I said they as if I'm not a part of it. Well, that. well, it um, wasn't called country. Like you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. Because Elvis Presley is considered country. He's considered rock and country, but yeah. country is a derivative of jazz and blues. Because everything, the only genre of music there was in America at that time was big band and blues. And blues mm-hmm. was taking over. Everything else was like like orchestra type music. You see what I'm saying? Big band. You had Cab mm-hmm. Calloway, yeah. Count Basie. Swing music. Like huh? Yeah. Swing. I think they called it swing. Swing, swing music. Swing. Yeah, swing yeah. music. Who were the top of the, who were, who were at the top of the, at that genre of music? african-americans but the african-americans see during that time no video well it was videos but what raphael was talking about separating the races because you're light-skinned and dark-skinned at that time if you were if you were dark-skinned you weren't getting on stage mm-hmm. you had to be almost white to get on stage you look at count basie he looked white cap calloway looked white um uh, uh, Betsy, she looked white. They would give you a paper bag test to see how dark your skin was. If your skin, like, if, if anybody know what I'm trying to say, is a paper mm-hmm. bag is yep. the paper bag test is like if you go to the grocery store and that brown paper bag you put your groceries in. If your yep. color was, if your skin was that color or darker, you couldn't be a performer or mm-hmm. a lead in anything. Now, if your bag was that color or lighter, then you could may have some success. And then when you jump from that swing area era, you get the blues era, the Mississippi Delta blues. And they made so much money off of black people that white people started trying to do it. They started stealing it. And when white people stole it, 
They called it rock because they could not play the chords that these African men were playing. Well, they the say they say black what? people started that too. Well, black yeah, people like, it started rock. Because the, when you say you started it, you got to look at what the genre comes from. The English invasion is what is considered rock. When when groups like uh, the Beatles or um, Rolling Stone, which is and Rolling Stone is one of the bigger rock groups because at that time Muddy Waters was the biggest blues singer and blues player there was, and they covered a lot of his songs. But you had guys like James Brown who were more pop. James Brown, Little Richard, and stuff like that. The song Tutti Fruity, you can look it up. Mm -hmm. Tutti Fruity is really considered the first rock song. And the cause of I'm I'm just gonna just come up in here because I I just want y'all to understand the 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 treasure trove of knowledge that Big E Shabazz, the magic man, has. Uh, all right, so I found that actual quote. Where this Harry Anslinger, damn, he hated some black people. I'll tell you what, <laughs> this dude hated black people, man. God, he said they're satanic. They say he hated jazz, which, like I said, that, that was rap back in the day. It uh, was jazz and weed, but it wasn't so much the genre. He, he hated the fact that black people, because it was introduced uh, right around World War One, uh, and it was brought in through the Caribbean. That was right around the time. I'm, I'm kind of doing my homework and checking sources. It's right around the time of, of the prohibition. So prohibition. this was this ban of alcohol. So they had this cheaper alternative that was weed. And so and that became, it was introduced into the South, into the black communities. So it became part of their culture. Uh, and a part of the entertainers right, right around jazz. Jazz and weed were synonymous with each other. So exactly. like you. And he hated them both. And this dude said their satanic music is driven by marijuana. And marijuana smoking by white women makes them want to seek sexual relation with Negroes. <laughs> and that right there, and when that happened, when that happened, that's when that's when marijuana became a schedule two narcotic. Because you couldn't have oh these pure, my God. you couldn't have the pure white woman sleeping with jazz Negroes. Yeah, and that's why you and that's why and that is that that statement by Harry Eslinger, the one where it said where it made white women want to sleep with black men, was the mm -hmm. tipping point of why they had to yep. outlaw marijuana. Yep, and if we could take it a step further, do you know why they did prohibition? Mm -hmm. Because why of jazz that? clubs. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and and you and then you know the only reason why they stopped prohibition is because they couldn't tax bootleggers who were making so much money off the illegal sale of alcohol. And you know who was making so a lot of money bootlegging? Mm -hmm. Who was making a lot of money bootlegging, y'all? You know what it is. Yep. So I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and, and read just a little a, a snippet of this thing. You see, marijuana was a foundational part of jazz culture. Immediately following World War One, tea pads home for hosting pot smoking parties. So we call them hot box sessions these days. Started sprouting up around the country. These music field homes were made famous by frequent visitors like Louis Armstrong and Cab Calloway. The famous jazz men joined a cast of young city dwellers who used the small spaces to worship music, money, and the mighty mess. Mixed race mingling and liberal politics proliferated during the tea parties held in these mellow, multi-ethnic 
places to people like Anschlinger, these spaces were potent physical examples of the egalitarian impulses that were threatening to upend traditional American society. In other words, white supremacy. Exactly. Given, given marijuana's association with black and brown Americans, Anschlinger realized he could advance his career and preserve America's societal status quo by pushing forward laws that protected the public from degenerate races. But but you yep. think but you think we're just playing the victim when we bring up stuff like this. Yep. <laughs> because they don't teach you this in history school. They don't teach you this and they don't teach you this whenever you're in class. Mm-hmm. So he waits. So so tell me if this sounds familiar with, with how we see people uh play these political games today. He wasted no time aligning his personal uh, aligning his personal and professional interests. Anslinger paired his bigotry with political savvy and worked to paint cannabis and the activity driving this new age of immorality. In the- oh, okay. <laughs> stop, that, stop right there, Raph. We're right uh-huh. there now. We're talking about immorality. Can mm-hmm. you tell me who the president was in the 1920s and 30s? Yeah, um, he was the, he's the only one with a doctorate degree. Um, the one with the glasses. Uh, Woodrow Wilson. Wilson, yeah. And he, he was, was one of the most bigoted fucking people in the world. Mm-hmm. And when I say bigot, he wasn't even bigoted. He was racist. Yeah. Woodrow Wilson was racist. What, was now, he the, was he the one that out. made the, the quote about Negro unity? Woodrow Wilson was the... Okay, I'm going to tell you how racist Woodrow Wilson was. We're from a town called Shelby, North Carolina. In the town of Shelby, mm-hmm. North Carolina, if you want to look up the history, the first thing it will tell you is Shelby is known for being the birthplace of the writer who created Birth of a Nation. And mm-hmm. if you don't know what Birth of a Nation is, it's a movie that ushered in the 1920 and 34, uh, uh, from the 1920s to the 1960s, Q Klux Klan movement. Yeah. Woodrow Wilson showed that movie in the White House. Yeah. That's the type of racist he was. Uh-huh. So when prohibition happened, America was trying to usher in this, well, this white Christian race. Like this America is white and Christian. We don't we don't listen to jazz. Because that's what niggers do. We don't mm-hmm. drink alcohol because that's what niggers do. We don't smoke weed because that's what niggers do. And we're the forefront of the world. Because in the 1920s, you're getting ready to fight World War One, So we mm-hmm. had to look like a superpower. So everything that happened in the 1920s and 30s, including Jim Crow, was the direct cause of showing you how inferior the black man was. Everything that white people took pleasure in was deemed devilish because black people done it also. That's yep. sad. That, that is, is freaking sad. Like, that's really sad. That is you know? crazy, so, man. Go, I mean, look it up. And I mean, if you don't believe nothing yeah. I'm saying, I'm, look I'm, I'm looking at it right now. I, I'm seeing just um, everything. I'm seeing people like W.E.B. Du Bois was, you know, a stark critic of Woodrow Wilson often, you know, opposing his strategies and things of that nature. Uh, there's quotes here saying that, you know, the Negro has no place uh, in the, in politics. 
the Negro's place is in the cornfield. Uh, I mean, he just say all type of crazy shit. Man, Woodrow Wilson. If any, if I could say any president was racist, and there's been a lot of them, but if uh, but coming into the modern turn of the century, from the end of slavery, I mean, even if you want to give people a pass because slavery was a uh, a part of those times, so yeah, those presidents, they, practice. it was a it was a societal practice, and so if you want to give those presidents a pass. Even they weren't as racist as a Woodrow Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> Woodrow Wilson was really racist. Uh-huh. Lyndon B. Johnson, Lyndon B. Johnson was racist. Mm-hmm. And that's what I don't understand about blacks wanting to be Democrats, is because Lyndon B. Johnson sat there yes. and told you he do not he yeah. don't care about black people. Nope. He didn't care. And mm-hmm. a lot of people feel like if you're a conspiracy theorist. A lot of people feel like he had a hand in killing JFK mm-hmm. because he wanted to become president. He didn't want to be involved in civil rights. Nope. Well, he, he it, certainly had the uh, the most to gain. Yeah. He had a lot to gain. John, John F. Kennedy, it, during the turbulent 60s, which to me was one of the best times in history, because a lot of stuff historically happened in the 1960s, but John F. Kennedy, it was no way he could see. He was more or less like these black civil rights leaders. Like his day was, his days were numbered as soon yeah. as he got in office. Because he, he spoke out against the war. That's one. He spoke mm-hmm. out against the war. Number two, the 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 and and that was the main thing. He was trying to give blacks civil rights. Yep. And then that, and at that time, like that, just goes to show you how racist America is. Like, if you, when people say, like, is that's only been fifty years ago? Yeah, just fifty years ago. Just about 50, 60 years ago, was John F. Kennedy killed because he was trying to give a group of people civil rights? So, with, with I mean, that so said, we're gonna we're gonna hop on one last topic here because that's that's just crazy. Because so so. There is a, a little city in in Illinois that uh, just just started to uh, give out reparations to its uh, citizens, its black citizens. There, um, I read that. Uh, what was it? Evanston, Illinois, becomes yeah. the first U.S. city to to pay reparations to black residents. I think you know it's just a city, so you know that they're not going to have the type of money that we know that you know the black community and the black people are old i think they shared out maybe like four hundred thousand dollars and but it's a, it's a it's a monthly check for the rest of your life though five hundred dollars yeah something like that and but um i'm trying to see here that i read okay Evanston, illinois becoming the first u.s city to pay reparations to black residents the program which is put in action on monday march 22nd we distribute four hundred thousand to eligible black household According to NBC, each eligible household will receive $25,000 to be used for home repairs or down payments on property in an attempt to correct the lasting effects of the city's discriminatory housing practices. So tell me what y'all think about that. And then, you know, we'll I'll give my little two cents on that because it sounds good, but ultimately I think it's. I don't want to say bullshit, but like 
Well, it, it, let's let's be honest. It is because if they're paying this money willingly, that means they got caught doing a lot more than what they're paying out. Like they're yeah, paying they, one tenth. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're paying and out one tenth of what they were really doing. Yeah, and they can't be sustained. Well, there's yeah. probably a lot of regulations and rules. You probably had to live in the city for the last twenty years or whatever. Your grandfather had mm-hmm. to be in the town or something. Like they they ain't paying it to everybody that's black. They only paying it to a very select few. Right. And, and if that's you make the thing. Of, so, and I bet you if you make more than forty thousand dollars a year, you don't even qualify for exactly. it. Exactly. And I think so, you have to hold a home, have a home, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So if they've been think about this, if they've been preventing your family from getting homes for the last 80 years, how many of y'all own and not rent? Understand what, what okay, so let, let's just do the math here, okay? And see, and, and they're shelling and, out for that, they're giving, they're just shelling out $400,000, right? For the year. And they're giving 25000 to each home. Just that, that's 16 people. <laughs> and think about this and think about this too anytime they give black people money they, again anytime the government gives you money they already know you're going to spend it Right. the number one consumer in America of any good is African Americans so that $500 is gone as soon as that check is cashed mm-hmm. yep but and, and, even still I don't even think they're going to have the, the, the freedom to spend it on whatever because again, according to NBC, each eligible household will receive $25,000 to be used for home repairs or down payments on property. Yeah. That's, but, the, that's the first yeah, part you got to look at. Though. Eligible. Who's eligible? But, right. but, 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 but that's good, though, because you it, I don't know what kind of property you could buy with $25,000, but I would invest in some property because you no, don't know. You, you have to already own. The Th- that's what I think. So it's like, okay, or down payments on property, but like what even still, this is a $25,000 here, but who's to say that we can actually afford it? But then again, it's like, okay, you break that money down. So you're looking at 16 households that you're giving it to, and that's not even breaking down any any other extra criteria that you're holding here. And so well, we definitely like, who's to say that that 16 one. is going to Dwindle down to four eligible households yeah. willing to get this twenty five thousand dollars yeah. to to be used to improve their home. So okay, so you need to cut your grass. You you need to to power wash your house. You need to uh you know get you a new roof or something like that's it. <laughs> I'm gonna tell like, you what they're really doing this for, uh-huh. so they can do this right here. Wash their yep. hands up. Oh, we hey, we gave y'all reparations. We uh-huh. did. We y'all gave you reparations. <laughs> y'all can't sue us. Y'all can't contest anything we did. We're going to go right back to making this money and uh-huh. holding you down. It's just that it's just exactly what you mentioned before in a, in a previous podcast was like, you know what? I ain't got it, yeah. but I do have it. It's just, okay, we have enough to where we can shell out $10 million. But we we can only really do four hundred thousand. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm gonna be honest with y'all. Twenty five thousand dollars. Then we're gonna break it down. So only three or four households are gonna get this money. And mm-hmm. but but we're gonna tell the world we pay. We're gonna tell the world. We're gonna tell the world we pay reparations to yep. our residents. Man, we I'm did. gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you what. And this is my opinion. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm tired of hearing about reparations. I don't even want them no more. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, because even it's a study was that was said, even if we received reparations, we would the generational wealth gap between whites and blacks would never catch up. Mm-hmm. Even with reparations. So what do we what do, what do we still what do we need it for? I mean, you can't give you the, the amount of money. First of all, if you wanted to give a reparations, you could have gave it centuries ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now you want to give it when the inflation's done happening, the value of a dollar is so much, you can't even afford to give these descendants of African American slaves the a rightful amount of money. You see what mm-hmm. I'm saying? The Jews get what, twenty five hundred a month? Something like that. From America? Is that is it twenty five hundred a month? Could you look that up, Rafi? I, I forgot what the I forgot what the 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 group is called, but uh, uh, the National League of Jews or something. I, I mean, I don't know if that's what it's called, but was it the Holocaust survivors, the National Synagogue of yeah, German Holocaust reparations, Holocaust compensation restitution. Hold on, uh, if, if you're a descendant of someone in the Holocaust, you get twenty five hundred dollars a month. Even if you're American, so you know, man, like America has already sold, man. Like, yeah, just even back then, uh, and just in in um in contrast or in comparison, you know, even though America participated in uh, facilitating reparations for Jewish people, it's something that they had nothing to do with. Nothing to do with Germany paid. Right now, ninety-two billion dollars. Uh, when they started the reparations program for, for the Jew- Jewish community, um, but it's it's just absolutely. I can't see the, the exact number per month, but it, it even still, I I'll, I'll disagree with there. Yeah, I I want that shit, you, and it's not so it. much. It's not so much of. You know, regardless of all these stupid ass talking points, or you just want something for free, uh, you you just want well, who? Why do I have to pay? And all that stupid ass, all them stupid ass talking points. I don't give a fuck about that. Fuck you and your feelings. So, but just for the sake of doing just the just principle of doing what's principle. right, yeah, pay that shit, pay that shit. What the don't, don't act like don't act like you have uh this such a hard thing, and then you bring in. You know, a bunch of immigrants to coon for your white talking points to be like, well, how are you going to do it? Why are we still talking about it? And you bring in your Herschel Walkers and your Larry Elders and and this and Candace Owens, who ain't even black. She's Caribbean or these other people you bring in from Nigeria and and the Caribbean islands and Coleman Hughes, who's damn that he's from someone in Hispanics or whatever. But like. Don't act like all these different ways y'all got where you track data. You 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 damn near can read people's minds from their cell phone. You have all these ways of tracking data and finding people, and you don't know how to go through a damn history thing to to and to find out you know who uh, are African descendants of slaves. Like don't don't act like that's a hard task for y'all because I know y'all got the means to do it because y'all do it through everyday commercial consumption. So I will say this, I understand and I agree. Honestly, when I think about the wealth gap and the wages, it's like we, we're, we're generations behind, still generations behind, even with all the billionaire 
athletes and entertainers and 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 rapper, whatever the case may be, you know, doctors, lawyers, whatever. We're still generations behind because we've been set up to be generations behind. It's like yep. a marathon sprint, and we had to wait while they run four laps, and then you tell us, "Well, catch up." Like, nah, we're always going to be four laps behind. But even yep. still, cut that check because what that's going to do, you know, we may not, you know, catch up again, but I promise it to put a, a nice dent into facilitating, um, you know, Black Americans into doing things y'all know y'all don't want them to do, as far as ownership getting out of these apartments and renting situations start investing into shit yeah go go ahead and yeah do that so even if i don't get i don't even care if i get it because i don't care but it's the principle get it done get it done and it should be done what would 40 acres in a mule be in today's money exactly like so like just you pay what you fucking know it, it will be astronomical. So, and then what kills me is when people yeah, don't even know be. what reparations or why <laughs> African Americans are owed reparations. Forty acres and, and like, a mule. Would where be, did that come from, President Lincoln? Forty acres and a mule would be worth six point four trillion dollars today. <laughs> See what I'm saying? They can't afford to give us reparations. Six point four trillion dollars, and that's why they play this stupid ass game that they do because they know, they know, and think we're going to be all oh four hundred thousand. I get twenty five thousand dollars for you to come and fix my home. What if my home doesn't need fixed? Exactly. What if I keep up my own home? What what if I have my own property and things of that nature? Do I still qualify for this twenty five thousand dollars? Oh yeah, you really did us right. Thank you guys. That's what they probably saying is like. We'll give you reparations, but you niggers don't know what to do with it anyway. You don't know what to do with well, the true, money. But like, honestly, I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck about that. You let us worry about what to do with it. Give yeah, it to exactly. us. Like, I ain't but, got time for that. But, but again, again, mm-hmm. again, if they give you the money, there is going to... You you see, that's the thing about it, which, which is true. Which is true. It, because, it, 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 of course, we get this money... There's going it's to be an astronomical. To no, y'all remember that uh that skit from Dave Chappelle about what happens when Black Should got reparations? You niggas money. So, <laughs> niggas going out, you know, buying all type of crazy shit, and people, you know, I, it, it's I get that, but that's not your concern. That's not your problem. That's our problem. It's going to be right problem. back in the economy anyway. Yeah, which is yeah, right. But like, but you know, where and how we're gonna spend it? So what if we buy Jordans or whatever? Blah 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 blah. That there's gonna be a smart percentage of us that's gonna start doing what you are afraid that we may do in mass. And that's the and that's the problem. That's the problem. We're gonna start that. buying land. We're gonna yeah. start. Own, we're gonna start investing and owning shit. You're gonna start seeing some black faces sitting up in these chair board meetings and all this. Like, yeah, y'all don't want that because that's gonna establish an economic base for the black community. What I would like to see is where I give flat to a lot of athletes and they want to voice their opinion and stuff like that. If we it's enough black billionaires and enough black millionaires so we could start our own sports team. Or yep. a sports brand, you know what I'm saying? Like of uh, the NBA. But see, that's the thing. They always tell you to do for thyself. But as soon as we start a league, 
they're not going to want us to be a part of the NBA. Right. Well, that's the problem. Whenever we start taking that advice, which a good example I want y'all to look up, there's a, 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 his name is King Randall, if I'm not mistaken. He's 21 years old. And he was like, well, you just tired of what was going on in this community with, you know, no school support, uh, kids flunking out. So he basically started his own school where he brings in black, uh, black guys, black people, and started his own private charter a boarding school. Uh, and to basically help them turn their lives around. He's like, nah, I'm, I'm tired of waiting on the government to do shit for us when we need help, but they won't do shit for us. So I'm going to do it myself. So it's like, but when we start doing that, then all of a sudden you want to start pinning your finger and your thumb down on us with this regulation, this, that, or with the same old stupid ass talk about, oh, no, you're racist. Oh, you segregation. But it's like, but everybody, as far as community goes, they practice their own form of group economics, but you don't want us to form our group, you know, group exactly. economics to where we corner the market and then set up shopping neighborhoods to where if you want, because like, just let's be honest, a, a beauty supply store, who's most likely going to be owning those shops? Asian right. people. So that's group economics. They found a they found a market, they cornered it, and then they set it up. They set up this store and they pull their money in, they get enough money, they open up another. And then the cycle repeats, rinse and repeat. So like, but when we do that, you call us racist. There's no exactly. racism about it. It's just a community upholding and standing on it's the foundation of circulating money within this community. It's an economic base. The same thing the American government did when they denied black people 40 acres of the mule, because nah, we can't give y'all 40 acres of the mule because y'all been tilling and farming for 200 years for free. So damn, y'all start doing that and then making money off of it. Y'all going to kill us. So nah, we can't do that. So, yep. you know, so then, so when the new immigrants, you was giving them millions of dollars in land, millions of acres of land that y'all, that y'all giving, uh, giving them to establish themselves. But look at the black people and be like, no, you can't get it. It's just simple, basic principles It's what you promised them to have, but you did not give period. So, but okay. Talk your shit. Talk like, it, your shit, like, And I, I just get, I get so tired of these dumbass people with these talking points. It's like just a simple scroll through history will show you what was done and what wasn't done. And then okay. you tell me if it was right. You tell me if it was right. And then as of today, tell me if it still should be old. Not because, well, 50 years has passed. Not because 100 years has passed. Tell me if it's still old and if it's the right thing to do. And if you tell me that it's not the right thing to do, then you are fucking racist. Period. Then and you see, are but, a racist. But the because, thing because is, here's the thing. Here's the thing. And then I'll let you go and then we'll get up out of here. We okay. got, uh, when they did when they paid reparations for Native Americans, they paid that 150 years later. When they paid for uh, the Japanese Americans, when they tossed them in internment camps during World War II, that was like 50 years later. It was 40 years later after they did the Tuskegee uh, experiment where they injected black people with syphilis to, to you know experiment on them. They did that 40 years later. So don't, don't act like it's, oh, that was such a long time ago. Yeah, it was, and they still got it done for other people. So what's the problem? You're right. Okay, go ahead. I'm I'm done for real this time. <laughs> no, I was just saying, like you know, what I'm saying real history is not history is not taught in school. Yeah, especially like they'll never teach real history in school. No, because 
if if you real history was taught in school, you would understand how manipulative, how much of a bully and how much of a murderous country America really is. Mm-hmm. And you would understand and racist and mm-hmm. and bigoted. And you know what I'm saying? Like just with the whole thing now, like a lot of people say, well, why do they come over here? And I'm like, well, you have a Statue of Liberty that says, please. Give me mm-hmm. your tired. Give me your weak. Give me mm-hmm. this. Come to America. You can live the American dream. This is a melting pot. Mm-hmm. Then when they come, well, there's too many uh, wetbacks coming. We don't want them here. They're still mm-hmm. in our jobs. When Haiti, when the when the guys from Haiti back in the 1990s, 1980s, were coming in mm-hmm. and they were refugees, they were yep. escaping uh, a, a dictatorship. We don't want them kind. Nope. Yeah. When the Marisol boat, when the Marisol boats started coming up here in the late seventies from Cuba, we don't want those kind. We don't want them now. Nah. We don't we want, want those type of immigrants. We don't want those type of immigrants. We want the European immigrants, the ones we that want the, my we, grandparents we want came over here the right way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They came to Ellis Island and got a green card and worked and signed their name. They come over here the right way, and you can stay in America. Pay your taxes. Mm-hmm. This, that, and the third. I'm mm-hmm. like, so you're putting conditions on something that was stated years ago, when everybody here is a fucking immigrant. Well, it's it's on just a whole thing land. to to uphold the conquest. Like we got exactly. You know we you know we've conquered, so now we have to protect what we've conquered. conquered so now exactly. you know. What we've done, we raped, pillaged, murdered, genocide. We we discriminated. We were racist, and we did all that. But now that we have it set up, now, now we can set the rules. Now exactly. we can create the guidelines of what's good, what's evil, and uh, what's just, and what's the right way and the wrong way. Because we've set up. It's just it's just basically like you know, go into your history books and like Rome. Uh, Genghis Khan and all these other conquerors, they they came to a place, they did what they did, and once they got there, then they established their rule, their law. So this is just the same exactly. way. But, you know, we, we don't want to understand that we're moving to them now if we're claiming to be a more civilized and, and uh, more modern world where now morality is, isn't based on you know, a particular culture or set of beliefs, whereas now set on just the actual morality of what is right and what is wrong, then yeah, you got some explaining to do when it comes to your history, when it comes to particular groups of people that you have systemically discriminated against. Yeah, you got some explaining to do. So, you know, that's saying, and regardless of how much you gaslight it, it's not going away. Your history is your history. I mean, so... But you know what? We we right over an hour and a half. So you know, for those who are listening, yeah, this Great has talk. been a, this has been a hell of a podcast. Yeah, because we've been all out of whack. But hey, we got it done. But you know, oh, this is Dante Credos. It's another episode of the Talk My Credo podcast on behalf of my brothers, Big E Shabazz, the Magic Man, yes, and Craig uh, Mac. Uh, he done dropped out again, so he was tired of he, he just tired of Big E whooping his ass, man. He's like, I can't take be dropping out damn it but but it's all good man on behalf of the boys man thank y'all so much for checking us out and be sure to spread the word you know be sure to download it because that that helps us uh share it uh go to the uh the youtube channel and talk my credo subscribe and join the conversation Uh, once again thank y'all so much and until next time stay safe
Peace.